Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. We are back. Don't you dare say Happy New Year. <laughs> no, no, we're well past that. I, no, I had two people say it to no, me yesterday. No, still. It's the 22nd of January and people are still no, saying it. No, I'll, I'll give it like How a, two, are you, everyone? a two-week window. and then yeah. We're back for season. What no, season, season? Is this four? I've lost track. Yeah, me too. Season we're, whatever it is. It, it's it's season. our season whatever premiere. It is our season premiere. <laughs> I want to say season. Yeah, no, 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 it could be five. Let's see. Hold on. Now I got to look it up. Oh, yeah. Jorge is literally looking it up. But we're back. Uh, we just got back from the March for Life on Saturday afternoon. We were there. March took place on Friday. And uh, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk briefly about the Sunday readings. And then in the second segment, we will do uh, what we usually do. We haven't done a postmortem on the Dolphins. We almost came into the studio and recorded the morning after we clinched yeah, the playoffs. No. And the morning after we lost in the playoffs. But we'll do that in the, in the second segment later on in the podcast but uh we're we're glad to be back and uh not only on on uh, for the podcast but we're glad to be back uh from Washington from what was a truly uh wonderful and emotional experience uh for our first march post pandemic and post roe v roe v wade and we'll get into a lot of that and we have sound from uh from the uh from the march that we took we, we tried to do we want we've always wanted to try this 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 little we were going to do a live yeah, yeah. Uh, we we can do a live podcast uh through the podbeam app but getting a signal out when there's a hundred thousand people around you if you ever try to get a text out when you're in a stadium or something it, it's it's you know imagine hundred thousand people we don't have anything equivalent of the big house in or the rose bowl here mm-hmm. in florida so uh that's what it is and it's probably it was probably more than a hundred thousand so uh we're going to play the sound, Jorge, of uh, what we heard, of what we did, and, and then we'll react to it, yep. and uh, we'll, we'll give you our impressions. But here is here we are. Uh, this is what we recorded from the March for Life. Yeah. All right, so we're coming to you, oh, not so live, because it's going to be recording when it airs. Uh, Jorge, we are at the beginning of the March for Life. It's January 20th, 2023. It is exactly... 1.41 p.m. Finally, the march started. Finally, finally. And man. we are oh, watching what, what everybody. Scene. It is an incredible scene. We're, we're seeing uh, the beginning of the march. The, 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 uh, we are the pro-life generation. Turning to the, says that we are the post-road generation. Finally. That is Izzy in the background making a lot of noise. <laughs> uh, so we've been waiting for a while. Hey, guys. Miss you. Love you. Izzy, we're on, we're on with uh, Monday Morning Homeless. Good morning. Hi. What do you think? It is awesome to be here, to see so many people marching for life. Um, it means a lot to me, and that's all I'm going to say Why before I get emotional. Because my birth mom chose life many years ago, and I'm able to be here today. That's right. So I want to share my message with everyone else. That's right. So it's a, it's a sea humanity. We got separated from the main arch Austin uh, group, and we're waiting for them here at the steps of the Museum of Natural History of the Smithsonian. Uh, Jorge, your thoughts? Oh, this is this is incredible. Just the the sea of humanity here. We we knew this was going to be an exciting one. The first post row, 
March and uh, there's it's it's hard to get the words here. We uh, this is, we this is my second you. March. I I knew we. Everybody's crying over Izzy's comment. <laughs> you know, I got sister that's... Champaline, Ashley, Gina's taking pictures of us crying. No, you I'm know. Recording. Wait, wait, Gina's on the podcast for the very first time. I'm on the podcast for the very first time. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so you know, we, we were here three years ago. Yeah, we couldn't pray, praying years. that, you know, and, and we'll still end row now, end row now, and, and here we are, first post-row March. We were because, in the thick of it last year. We're, yeah. we're kind of standing off to the side watching. I mean, there, there has to have been at least a couple thousand already past us, and it's, it's, it's been maybe five minutes. There's an image of Our Lady that's passing right in front of us. Uh, usually we have these round signs that said end row now, but we don't need them anymore, which is a, a good oh, thing. Now we have post row. There you go. Gina's interjecting. We, we should have her more on the podcast. <laughs> so um, it's been amazing. It's uh, We are the post row generation. Uh, the sisters are a big draw. Sister Sean Paul and Sister Rosie are right in front of us. They are, we got to get them on the podcast. So, here sister, here your thoughts on uh, what do you think of the you know being here for the, oh, the March for Life? My goodness, this is my first March for Life, first March? and I am just totally. What do you think of all these young people? I, here, I am just in awe. I'm seeing all. This gives me hope. We got children in front of us right here. We got a lot of children, families yeah. with large families. Large family. And this is just showing that God is not defeated. He is on the march. And this is showing something so beautiful. And I'm just overwhelmed right now. And I'm just, I thank God for this. And showing that he's going to be the victor of everything. So very excited, very happy to be here. And just thank you for inviting us so much. So yeah, thank I know. you. It, it was great. We wanted yes. to bring the sisters here. Yes. I mean, we got two Carmelites, you know, they, they stand out. And that's a good thing. You know, hopefully. So, Sister Sean, I mean, this is not your first march. When was your last march, sister? It's been about 24 years Wonderful. since I marched. So now coming back, I mean, what's different now that, uh, after all these years? Obviously, Rose defeated. Yeah, that's the big, yeah. definitely big difference that the hope of what we marched for so long ago has been fulfilled. And now, I love the chance today was five, six, seven, eight. Now it's time to legislate. Absolutely. Continue keeping like laws that. that are going to bring life to children who deserve to live. But there's also a massive amount of people. Like, there's so many more people. We have another little flower parish. We have another parish here from Maryland. Maryland. We love little flower. St. Therese, let's go. the child Jesus and the holy face. And the holy face. Hi, how are you? (laughs) God bless you. Sister Sean Pauline and I were like celebrities here. Sister Sean Pauline's got more recognition than I have. (laughs) I don't know about that. And we're not done yet. (laughs) So, Sister, I'm always struck by this every year. It's like how many young people, and, and yes, that's what's lost in the media. there's so many more. It's like every year, high schoolers, middle schoolers, college, college age students, students, young adults. Uh, I think Liberty University was the one that led. They led off the, today. They led off the. It's amazing. Seminarians and a lot of seminar, a lot religious, of religious sisters of life seriously sisters represented their amazing whole this family is, or their whole religious family is yeah. here, and it's just so beautiful. It's such a witness for what we truly believe in and why we march today is because life is sacred, Absolutely. and we can't pretend that it's not. Yep. And I love what you said the other day. Like, we look for signs of life on Mars. Yes. Any speck of, like, any type Anything, of existence. Yeah. But then we see life in the moon. We're like, oh, you know, it's just a bunch yeah, of cells. Like, that was so life. well said. Like, no, this is what we have to keep practicing. We are. We have a Hispanic, Hispanic group, group coming. It's a nun leading them. Oh, I, be careful with nuns with microphones, huh? Nuns right? Mics. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong. There, there. That's wonderful. It's multicultural. This is this is amazing. Yeah, so crossing lines. Absolutely. We're waiting for the rest of the group to catch up with us because we got a, not that we got ahead of them. We got behind, and so I said, well, we can't go into the rally. So everybody's waving at the Carmelites. They're like, they're, everybody loves the Carmelites. 
Join them. Yeah. All right. So, so we're here. Um, we, Jorge, we wanted to do this live, but you know, yeah. when we have so many people together, <laughs> getting off a signal a is down. a little jammed. I mean, even though when I started this recording, my watch started buzzing like crazy. All the texts we probably have. So, because uh, probably because people started moving, but it's oh, we, just, got, we got a dolphin in the crowd. I see a dolphin. We got hat a dolphin hat. Where? A dolphin beanie over there. Where is it? Oh, I'm, I, I gotta go hug him. There we go. Go dolphins. That's a, that's a later on in the podcast. We'll discuss the uh, the post morning of the dolphins. Anyways, we're still thinking about that here in, in Washington D.C. All right, so we're uh, we're about to start marching, waiting for the archdiocese to join us. Uh, we're signing off. From the National Mall, we're on Constitution Avenue, marching towards the U.S. Capitol. Because now, as Sister Champlaine says, we got to legislate. We got to, you know, start protecting Pete for the baby from the moment of conception. So, any last words, Jorge? Just, just pray. Keep praying. You it's working. Keep praying. It's and, uh, working. So we're uh, we're we're happy. We're, we're we're joyful that we're here. That Rose been defeated, and we got to keep praying that abortion becomes a thing of the past and is just. Uh, looked at as slavery here in this country. So, from the National Mall, Jorge Sandibanez and Father Manny signing off. Narrator. The Archdiocese never caught up with yes. us. <laughs> we never got it. It's too many people. It's a long story. We never, we, I mean, it would have nice, been nice the entire delegation to go to it, but that's another story for another day. The reason we were there, you heard it, uh, so emotional, uh, our parishioners uh, and, and Carmelites, uh, just seeing everyone and you and I talked at length about that that, that evening over dinner and uh, and walking through the streets of DC mm-hmm. and Arlington and and then on the flight back and and just how emotional it was. Easily a hundred thousand. Easily, yeah. At least mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say well past a hundred thousand. Yeah, and I mentioned that there as we were as we were recording live. It was my second march. The last one we started literally in the in the middle of the march. So mm-hmm. you more or less march with the same group of people around you. You know, it's not really a race where you know you're you're getting past and you're passing others. So to to have the perspective, kind of watching from the sidelines at the start and see thousands of different groups and and you know we mentioned the college groups and parishes and you know, families with young children and religious and priests and seminarians, you know, to see all of that, to witness all of that passing in front of us, and, and you, you heard the emotion in our voices, it was power, it was overwhelming, you know, because that's not the typical experience that you have marching when you're right smack in the middle of it. You know, it's still very powerful to be in it, but to kind of watch that off to the side, you know, and see just how alive our church is and how joyful and that's really what struck me. A lot of joy. It was. It was. I. I. I keep saying it was a two-mile party. <laughs> you know, and there was. It was celebratory. And yes, the our work is not done. There's still a lot. I know. A lot of work left to be. Uh, you know, a lot of work left ahead. But it was the recognition that what we've prayed for for 49 years happened, and now comes the next phase. You know, we we finally saw the end of row and. and we we saw we said it when it happened. Did we ever think we'd actually live to see the day where mm-hmm. Roe gets overturned? And here yeah. we are. It's like people thought when I was a kid that we didn't ever see the Berlin Wall come yep. down, and it did. Yep. Didn't and, last very long. And here we are. You know, it's in the post Roe generation, and you know, my sister, her little caption. We took a picture together. You know, post Roe with my bro. Yeah, and I was like, there we go. That was a, and it was a great <laughs> caption. There, there were several things. You know, Izzy interjected. You know, Izzy it was Izzy was loud. Izzy was 
Uh, Izzy's always Izzy was the Izzy was the hype girl of the hype group for the entire march. Right. No, and she would, and she, and like for example, the University of Mary, uh, which is in North Dakota, they we were somehow they caught up to us, or we caught up to them. We had many people go by us. Uh, we stopped a lot, and uh, they were doing a lot of chants. We were very joyful, and and it, they were screaming near the congressional buildings when we were passing by the, the congressional offices. And Izzy was like, "I can't hear you." I'm like. Chill, you know, it's like, but no, it, it, and they were loving chill? it. And they, the they University of Mary, they were Absolutely. loving it. They, they, they kept looking at her like, I, I was talking to them, and, and they were like, <laughs> it was fifty. It was actually fifty degrees, which is very balmy for DC on the twentieth of January. And um, wow, we have a kid outside the studio. That that's uh, that's all right. But anyways, we were saying we were saying uh, that the University of Mary was talking to them. And I, it was 50 degrees. I go, this must be summer weather for you. He goes, oh, Father, you have no idea. It's 13 below and oh, it's snowing man. in our university. I'm like, wow, God bless you all. You know, they, they were happy to be there. We, I ran into people from North Dakota, from Iowa, from Boston, from South Carolina, from New Hampshire. From, it's, like, it's like playing the license plate. Yeah, it is. And uh, for the first time ever in the... I've been the chaplain for nine years. Some of them have been virtual. Some of them have to do remotely right. because of a blizzard. And uh, the last two were virtual. Uh, and this is the first time I've ever run into people from Los Angeles, oh, wow. from California. Actually, twice I ran into people from uh, California because L.A. doesn't mean obviously it's too far. They they the they do their life. the walk for life there and in San Francisco. It's one, I think it's in San Francisco walk for life. In, in L.A. I believe they call it one life walk or something mm. something to that effect. And they did it on Saturday. And it's uh, well attended by the Catholics there. Obviously, I, there were parishioners, there were, there were, not, there were mass scores yesterday after Sunday mass that came up to me and said, Father, we're from California uh, where, you know, things are a little different mm-hmm. to say the least. And, uh, but, and I, because I talked about the march yesterday in my, in my ABCD homily and I talked about Respect Life and they were very appreciative that I, that I spoke about that. Uh, you know, with so many things I, I wrote, I was, I, Jorge and I, we heard that in real time with you. While that was playing, because we recorded that in a few days <laughs> last <laughs> Friday, and we did it in a spirit of emotion, and we did not remember what was said. Kind of like I don't remember what I preached about, nope. you know, on Friday. But um, you know, things I was writing down notes of things that stood out. Obviously, Izzy's reaction, but the reaction to Izzy's reaction. There's pictures yeah. of uh, I, I mentioned that Gina took pictures of us. You know, everybody getting emotional to Izzy telling the story of her adoption. Izzy had some great signs that three years ago, you know, my mom selected me. And she had something to that effect this year as well. Uh, everybody was crying. Gina made her podcast debut. There we go. She was she was happy about go. that, and uh, you know <laughs> she she was uh, she was amazing d- during the entire trip. And and uh, she 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 got the student for life sign. They they always do a great job with the signs. And the sign that they used to have was I we are the pro life generation. Yeah. Now that sign. I said it pretty fast during the, during the recording. It yeah. said that transfer. Now we are the post Joe, post row generation, and that was so so powerful. I am the post row generation, and that's a picture you, she took with you with that sign. Uh, Sister Rosalie was her first March flight. She was yeah. so excited that all last week, Sister Rosalie was like a little girl on Christmas morning. She Wait, was so count, excited. She had to count down to fr- yeah, to, she to she really didn't. I'll get to a story <laughs> about Sister later on in the podcast that we had after the March for Life, which was pretty cool. I, there were two things that she said that um, that stood out for me. She's as as she's a Catholic educator, principal of a school, looking out at all that all that youth. She said it just shows that God is not defeated. Yep, God is not defeated. And the other thing she says, and He will be the victor of everything. 
um, so many times that we thought, okay, like you said, you know, is there going to be a day when Roe v. Wade? And this goes to something that I believe Bishop Vignoron of the Archbishop of San Francisco said yesterday, that it's not just about changing laws, which is very important. Shashan Pauline alluded to that in her comments. But it's about changing hearts and minds. And he said, to the point where, and I preached about this this morning, to the mm -hmm. point where abortion becomes unthinkable. Yep. Like, you know, you don't want to, we just, you know, your, your kid was screaming outside the studio yep. about four minutes ago and there's, you know, wouldn't come across your mind to throw him out the window. Well, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> but, uh, but no, you, it that's a conversation off air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's like, you don't think about that. It's illegal. Now forget about it. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's part it's of love. It's part of that. love. Yep. It's part of love. And so if love takes over, then it becomes inconceivable, becomes unthinkable. Yep. And that's where we are. And finally, you know, Sister Sean Pauli mentioned the, the, the illusion I made last weekend in my mass that, my goodness, if, if we're exploring, and you and I are NASA geeks and we always love mm -hmm. all this NASA stuff, if we're looking for life on Mars and we take a molecule of water yep. as a sign of life, yep. then, oh, it's just what a clump of cells. What about a beating heart? What about a beating heart? What about a kid that can feel pain yep. uh, that's in the uterus? That's something that is not, no. It goes to show the power of the mother. You know, a mother could say, oh, wow, I'm pregnant. It's just so amazing. Or a mother said, oh, no, I'm pregnant. This needs to be taken care of. Instead of, uh, it's some, instead of life to be cherished, a problem to be resolved, Archbishop uh, Wensky talks about that all the time. And uh, that's where we need to get. It's a changing of hearts and minds. That's why your last comments were, we still need to pray. Yep. You know, I, th I think one of the biggest wild cards for this year was the unknown. Uh, who's going to show up? How many are going to show up? Why are we showing up? Yeah. And what we encountered, what we what we participated in, I think it blew everyone away, starting with the organizers. And I, I read a, a part of a story somewhere that as they looked out into the crowd at the rally, and mind you, the rally's ticketed, so you can, you can go to the march without having to go to the rally. And that crowd stretches on for you know that down um, the mall down the down the mall for miles mm -hmm. yeah as, and they're just looking out to the people who came to the rally and you know whoever wrote the article said you could see their expression almost of relief you know that so many people came out yeah. and we've we've alluded to it you know we've we've said it outright what comes next yeah and, and it's it, we've always been kind of peeved by the perception that it's just an anti-abortion march because mm -hmm. it's so much bigger than that. You know, yes, that is the principal issue, but now... It's a celebration of life. Now it is a, the march for life. You know, It's not the march against abortion, it's the march for life. And you know, our work as, as Catholic, our work as Christians, our work as you know, participants in this pro-life movement is not just to make, you know, to, like you said, change hearts and minds to make abortion unthinkable, but really to establish uh, you know to to establish resources to support these mothers to support these young families you know, where where we're not just caring for them through their pregnancy but beyond that and that's why the and you've said it yesterday as you were talking about the ABCD you know, the work of our respect life ministries here in the archdiocese is so valuable because we have so many young mothers and young families in crisis pregnancies and as a church, and we're just talking our local church, let alone you know, the church around the world, 
as a church, we're able to provide for them so many resources and so much support you know, to walk, literally walk with them through that pregnancy, through that early childhood, you know, and, and, and allow that child to flourish and allow that young mother to flourish and allow that young family to flourish. Yeah, and that's were, our work as Christians. There was a sign at the end of the Archbishop's video, the Arch- ABCD video, where, you know, they had several signs of people that were affected yep. uh, or, you know, that were that were positively affected by monies given mm-hmm. to them by the ABCD. And one was a sign that said, because of you, I was able to bring my child into the world. We were able, it was a, yep. a parent, we were able to bring our child into the world. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, we can't just say, and that's where the other side gets us. You know, you're pro-birth, you know, you're not pro-life, you're pro-birth. And you don't care about them after birth. And in some ways, they're right. Yep. In some ways, they're right. We have to, uh, boy, I'm, I'm going to get it from, from it's going to sound so left, Father. <laughs> we have to provide it's child care. Truth, we have it. to provide health care for these children. We have to provide housing for these people. If they're in crisis, if we truly believe in life, then we have to respect that. Fr- that's why we say from conception to natural death and also take care of our elderly. And under that, obviously, we're there focused on making, you know, making abortion unthinkable. But what are life issues? Okay. Here we go. Buckle up. You go from, from the beginning, go to the end. Yep. Euthanasia. Yep. You know, end of life issue. It's, you know, and they, the way politicians have a way of framing things to make it look palatable. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's called dying, dying with, with dignity. dignity. Get out of here. Dying, who know, you know who died with dignity? Our last two popes. Okay, John Paul II, That's right. Benedict XVI. We saw them age. You know, obviously one was a reigning pontiff, one was not, but we saw them age, yep. and we saw them beautifully, you know, commend their elder years yep. to the Lord and suffer their elder years for the life of the church. So yeah, that, that, that one's was, big. That was so beautifully, just a quick aside. On uh, Thursday, we went to the John Paul II uh, shrine just by the by the basilica. And at the at the latter part of the exhibit you know as they're getting into his older into his you know final years and and the suffering that he had to endure it was so beautifully laid out you mm-hmm. know how he embraced that suffering you know and and embraced it visibly for the world and and what a witness and testimony that was so that one it it, it kind of it's like the opposite spe- end of the spectrum when it comes to you know you have abortion on one side you have euthanasia on the other yeah. and there are so many states that have already legislated mm-hmm. In favor, I saw an article a few weeks ago in, from Canada that said Dr. Proudly boasting that he's helped 300 people die with dignity. And I'm like, who knows if that person would have lived more if, or, you know, if, if a young person who's diagnosed with cancer doesn't want to go out that way, yep. it's suicide. Yep. It really is. We went to the Holocaust Museum yep. and we saw that part of the Holocaust that isn't mentioned, it's not just the people that died in the concentration camps, but all those in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Who were deemed expendable by the Nazi regime and said, "Oh no, you know Hitler's doctor said." Yeah, and that was step one. Yeah, that was like, you know what? Get rid of the elderly. Get rid of ch- get rid of children with disabilities. With disabilities. Yeah. And I- Iceland proudly boasts. Sound familiar? Yeah, Iceland proudly boasts. Uh, we have zero percent yep. Down syndrome. Yep. Why? Because they're aborted in the womb. Because you could you could identify that in the womb. Yep. And we both know, and it's coming. You know, children that have Down's and how much. They enrich the life of those families, and how much they enrich the life of this parish. Amen to that. So, we and that's why we take the children to the Holocaust Museum to show that there is a link between the Holocaust that happened during the Second World War and the and, and the infanticide Holocaust that has been happening in this in this in this uh, in this country for the last fifty years. Because even though we, you know, the 
pro-abortion uh, activists couldn't celebrate, as they said yesterday, the 50th anniversary, because Roe v. Wade did not make it to its 50th anniversary. Yep. You know, thanks be to God. But yet they're fighting for it to be restored because we had a, we had a constitutional, uh, uh, you know, protection. No, you didn't. It was done on a false pretense, just yep. like Dred Scott, mm-hmm. which upheld slavery, was later thought the worst decision in the history of the court. You know, we want Roe v. Wade to be considered, uh, you know, yep. alongside yep. Dred Scott. So abortion, euthanasia, taking care of the poor, taking care of the sick, taking care of the homeless, taking care of the immigrant, also a life issue. You're taking care of prisoners. And, and this is something that's very controversial. The church is against the death penalty. Oh, but that makes you, you know, and the politicians say, well, that makes you soft on crime. Well, I'm not running for office, yeah. okay? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, it, there's nothing to say that's a deterrent. Nothing to say yeah. that. And what it does is, you know, we just had this, and, and Archbishop Wensky wrote extensively on this. Nicholas Cruz, who is, who is the, the shooter in, in the Parkland massacre up in, up in um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, in Parkland, where a mile of where I used to work in Mary Helper Christians, you know, he was sentenced to life in prison by a jury of his peers, mm-hmm. and people went crazy. But here's something that happened. It brought it hopefully brought closure to those parents because if not, you know how many appeal hearings oh, yeah. that kid would have had over the years, and the parents would have showed up to that and showed up again and showed up again to see yeah. is it going to be put to death? Is he not yeah. going to be put to death? And it would have been happened twenty, thirty years yeah. from now. And no, now he's talked away. And you could say sometimes that's probably better, more just punishment mm-hmm. than just doing away. God is the it's only an, one who can take away it's life. It's almost an easy out. Yeah. So, uh, and and also, and, and again, this is Father Manny's merciful heart. It's a priest speaking. If someone is sentenced to life in prison and not executed, there is a possibility for redemption. There oh. have been people executed in the last several months. I've read their stories that have, since they committed the heinous crimes they committed... Oh, they've written have, some of those beautiful things. Right. No, I have, the, I have the Bible in front of me. And they've taken up their Bible. And they've converted. And you can say, maybe it was an act or whatever. But who knows if it wasn't? Yep. We'll never know. And maybe they brought others clo- in prison closer yep. to Christ who were hardened criminals. Yep. We always have to leave the opportunity for redemption and grace. And that can, ha- can happen if we play God. Yep. And that's what we do with all these issues that are life issues. So, um, I mean, get down from the soapbox and uh, continue <laughs> with the pop- podcast. So there were so many things, and, you know, we went to, you know, like Corey said, we went to the John Paul II Museum and Holocaust Museum on Thursday, and then on Friday before, and uh, obviously we started off at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception to start off with a Mass, but on, on Friday we went to the Rally for the Life, rally and for I was life. in the yep. background hearing confessions, so you give me your impression because I wasn't there. Yeah, it, it was uh, smaller than the typical rally. It's four thousand kids, though. Yeah, it was it was good though. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the typical rally is in the the Capital One in Center. the Capital One Center, so you could twenty thousand kids fit a whole lot more. But for being small, it was it was intimate, and it was uh, it was beautiful in its own right. You know, so we started with some praise and worship music, and they had some people come out and um, you know give their testimonies. Uh, there was this one young couple who came. I don't know if you could hear any of it. No, I was hearing confessions. I was uh, but this, listening to other people. This one young couple came out um, and shared their story, and they met in college, and they fell in love, and they got pregnant, and they had an abortion, and then they got pregnant again a second time, and they got a second abortion. They eventually came to to get married and, and struggled for a very long time 
you know, trying to kind of reconcile, and they couldn't really name it, but reconcile with themselves you know, what they had chosen to do. Yeah, and, and so through the help of of a priest and and you know different ministries, they finally were able to bring this to the surface, and they went on to have like seven more children. Whoa! So they have nine altogether. Nine altogether, yeah. and they were they were saying it was beautiful as they were driving down for the for the rally. So that was on thir- that was on Friday. Friday. So they drove down on Thursday. You know, they had to tell the youngest kids who were going to be present Ooh. what they were going to be speaking about. Yikes! Because they, the younger, the older kids knew, but the younger didn't. And one of the young daughters says, "Well, did you ever name them?" Wow! So on the car ride, you know, as as a family of of nine stuffed in that car, you know, one of the daughters looked up the patron saints of uh, I forget which ones, but they looked up two different patron saints that were meaningful to the parents and to the family, and they named their two their first two children. How about that? And that was really moving, and you know, you could kind of see uh, some teary eyes oh, starting man. up around the. No one had told me that story. I'm just hearing it, it now was for the incredible. first time. It was incredible. I was too concentrated on the penitence. You know, it's something that it's done a lot in post-abortion ministry yep. in 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 counseling, yep. and I've done it with people that have come to me uh, for for counseling, and I've asked them, "Have you named your child? Because yep. your child's going to be waiting for you in heaven." Yep. And that and that moves people yep. who are struggling to reconcile with their decision, who are struggling to forgive themselves. Of yep. uh, you know that that I was struck by something, and I want to share this. I was kind of like on the fence of share this or not. I, I said yesterday that I had spoken with um, the last person I spoke with when we left was um, from the archdiocese was uh, the director of Respect Life Office, Angela, and she told me something. It was Father, I've never heard a pastor preach so passionately about abortion or against abortion, and I'm like, I don't know why we hear it all the time. I mean. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think a priest, I could walk up to priest, obviously we have to guard the, safeguard the, the seal of the confessional, but, you know, I don't think you could find a priest that can say, you know, I don't hear in the confessional. We are blessed in the Archdiocese of Miami since I was ordained, even before I was ordained. I believe this goes back to 1993, and Archbishop McCarthy put it into effect. Abortion is a, is, a, is a sin reserved to the Holy See. And, but it, you know, the Archbishop can actually, not not to the Holy See, to the, to, to the Archbishop. And, um... In the archdiocese, every priest has the the authority from the archbishop to absolve the sin of confession. And if you remember during the year of mercy in 2015, the Pope gave that authority to all the priests. Yep. Uh, and why is that significant? I'll tell you why. What my associate at the time in 2015 and, and, and when I was in Immaculate Conception, he was from Olguin, Cuba. And, and he told me that he was not allowed to absolve that sin. Why? Cuba has the most abortions per capita of any nation in the world. And so that sin is reserved to the to the bishop. And so for him to be able to, you know, he, he had the faculty in the archdiocese, but now he says, this is big for now in Cuba, the priest can absolve that in the moment. Right. So it is big, and that we have that power to, in, in or that authority. Power is a bad word. <laughs> we have that authority to, to absolve given to us by our Lord through our bishops through the, and through the Holy Father. To be able to um, to absolve, it is comforting for people to know that uh, when they walk into a confessional. And like I said, I, I, I heard, was hearing confessions while you were hearing that testimony, and it's always, I always say, some of the most beautiful confessions I hear all year because you have people that are coming uh, for a faith event and they're on fire and, yep. and, and, and they're well-prepared and, and, they've, and they've, you know, 
They said, you know, I'm going to confession. Um, you went to confession on, you know, in the... I did. And <laughs> I'm sorry for outing you there. No, I did. I'm just laughing at what the priest told me, but I won't get into that here. <laughs> oh, that was, that was funny. Yeah, because... No, there's there's always priests in the basilica right be, in in the basement right before you get to the crypt church. To the left, the, there's the confessionals, and I've never gone to confession there. But Archbishop Wenski says he loves going to confession there. Yeah. You know, he says the priests don't you know they don't burden you too much. Well, mine didn't hold back. So. No, he no, he no, he did not hold back. <laughs> so uh, he told he told me the story. So like I said there's so many things, uh, and we can, we could dedicate two hours to just to, just to the march and and all the things we experienced. But it it. Obviously, it was celeb- celebratory, it was joyful, but we must remember that. And, and, and today, the day we're recording this on the 23rd of January, uh, usually it's on the 22nd on the day that Roe was decided that because it was a Sunday we moved it to today, is a day of prayer for the unborn and for the protection of human life. And that's the Mass that I celebrated this morning, um, same as the Mass that I celebrated Thursday in, in the Basilica. And I told the people, you know, we, we just have to keep praying. And I'm telling you as our listeners, we just got to keep praying and and keep being advocates and keep supporting your preg- your pregnancy centers and your respect life offices and keep you know uh, you know advocating and and that and for laws and legislate as Sister Champagne was saying. But there were so many things, so many beautiful things, and so many beautiful memories. If we if we could go off on a lighter route here on on some of the crazy things that happened during because when you have kids around you, I got to say our group was spectacular. Yeah, we, you had we had a great time. You know, we had we had uh, we had. Uh, we had five Great, young adults. Five young adults, and and uh, then your sister, and your two, your my brother-in-law, brother-in-law, and your nephew, and two nuns, and two sisters, and a priest. Yep, and so, me, and you. <laughs> so, but it was great, and and they all had a great time. And um, what did we do after the march? It was pretty cool. I've done this three times. There's now three times that I've done it. Uh, it's hard to do after you've walked however many miles you've walked already in the march. It's not just walking the march; it's yeah, walking, getting out. It's walking to the march and getting out of the march. <laughs> went to Arlington National Cemetery to see the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And we found out late last week when Sister Rosalie told her mother in California that she was going to the march, her mother says, are you going to Arlington National Cemetery? And Sister said, I don't know. Why, Mom? She goes, well, you have a great, great uncle who fought in the Civil War who's buried there. And her mom sent her the information and the link and the gravesite and where, she, she was, where he was and his name and all that. And so when we get there, we're really, and I'm, you remember I was saying to all of you, I'm like, we're pushing it we're, because we had to make a major, because yeah. the route was different. Usually the, ra- the route leads you directly to the subway station. Right. Now we were going opposite, opposite right. and there it's was no way back. to come back without going through the crowd or going mm. around. So we had to, and so we got on the train and I'm like, we're pushing it. We're really pushing it. And, I, and been, listen, having done it twice before, every single time we're always pushing it. And I think only once that I that I that I get there maybe at four o'clock. We got there at four thirty, and I said to sister, sister, we can go see your uncle, we can go see the two million soldier, but we can't, can't do, do both. both. Yep. And because I went to the to the visitor center, and I said, okay, where can I find this grave? And they give me the map, and it was the farthest yeah. grave <laughs> was section so, one, section one. And I'm thinking, oh great, section one it should be close to the nah. visitor center, and I can see that, and then go on to the two million unknown because it's so beautiful uh, with the changing of the guard there. And I, so, and then they showed us, and thankfully you told me you could get this on Google Maps because they, every every like road has a right. has a street sign, right. and and Google uh, uh, treats it as such. So thankfully Google Guided was able to there. guide me yep. up there, and we get there at four fifty seven. And thankfully he had a big 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 he has uh, above the, ground above ground sarcophagus, yeah. uh, uh, basically, 
And when we were getting there, Google said I was still 500 yards away or 500 feet away. Sister Rosalie said, I think I see him. I go, no, sister, Google says we haven't gotten to section one yet. <laughs> so she kind of stayed back. Sister Champlain went forward, and we were getting towards the gate, the, the hind gate of Arlington Cemetery. And at 4.59 or 5 o'clock when, you know, we're starting the to hear. Yep. The bells go off. And you hear the tap, or it wasn't taps, or whatever they played okay. down there, the Tomb of the Unknown, where you were. Sister, we hear in the faint, in the background, Sister Champlain and I were both scouring, looking for this 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 grave and we hear i found him and i was like we're like oh my so we run to sister <laughs> we can't see her because this is all hills right. mind you we went from the visitor center to section one uphill hill yeah. and a very steep hill at that and sister rosalie has a bad knee and and she oh, she i go sister can you make it? no i'll make it she was so happy to be able to find one of her relatives we read the it was very hard to decipher they even though they keep all these tombs in such yeah. beautiful condition he was a colonel during the Civil War, died in 1881, 83, I forget now, and uh, 83. And he, at some one point, was an aide to uh, General Sherman, who obviously, you know, stormed the South and took Atlanta and mm. went, all the way to, uh, went all the way to the coast. And was a Civil War hero, died. He was a single man, never married, and, and he's there. And, you know, and that's, and it is part of our tradition and part of our spiritual, work, spiritual works of mercy that we honor the dead and tend to their graves. And, you know, Lord knows the last time someone came to yeah. visit that. And, and then s- we prayed for him the next and day. We, and we prayed for him the next day. My name. Yeah, we, 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 offered, we prayed for him the next day in a prayer service we had. I, I offered, you know, we, we knelt down at his grave. We said some prayers. I, I blessed the grave because even though he was Methodist. But, you know, there's no religions in heaven. You know, we're all there. So we we went and we went down, even though it was after 5 o'clock, you know, we stopped off at JFK's grave because they, cause they could see the view. It's one of the best views of D.C., nice. JFK's grave. Yeah. And we met up with you. You were worried about us, about us you know, getting out because they, they were about, they were closing the visitors. They were, they were ushering us out uh, quite forcefully. <laughs> yep. Because I took the rest of the group to the unknown, and that is... Oh, that's amazing! I it's I wanted I really the, want to do, it, but I really wanted to take sister. I, I didn't want them to go by themselves. The, they would have never made it. The view is is incredible in itself, but then the actual changing of the guard ceremony and it's just you ha- you have to do it if you've never done it. Make but, uh, make a trip up there; it's worth it. Yeah, it's just that everything that we do around the march, because yep. even that's why I say the Arlington extension is like you know, it's kind of like the people that are, and it says that they're. Here is our nation's most sacred site, sacred, you know, mm-hmm. which it is. The reason why we do that is because these people gave their lives for it. Even though they may, or even though they may not have died in the field of battle, if they were veterans that are buried there, just like you know, sister's great 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 mm-hmm. uncle, who didn't die during battle but died, you know, right. you know, later on in life. This is we're doing this. We're voicing our opinion. We're marching on Washington as Dr. Martin Luther King, whose who's memorial. Uh, we visited and who you tried to give a high five to, uh, un, you know, unsuccessfully. Um, but, you know, that's what he did in 1963. I mean, wow, it's going to be 60 years since he did that. Yep. And and it's a, we were in Lincoln Memorial. It's a marker right there in the Lincoln Memorial where he gave the, what I said last week was Martin Luther King Day. My opinion, the greatest speech of the 20th century. So, so many things that, that, that were just blessed events that 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 tomb is that i wanted to say because it was so special for sister and and just for me i've never visited a civil war soldiers because they're way up there usually the ones that are by the entrance that's world war ii world war one maybe 
you rarely see that. So it, it is it is a solemn place. It really is. And and just the, the entire trip was joyful. And, and, and the kids, we had kids from Carrollton, from Lourdes, from St. Brendan, from McCarthy High, from Cristo Rey, which is our newest high school. Mm-hmm. And it was great to have them around. Uh, I'm, we, we, I'm forgetting one. Yeah, um, Encuentros joined Encuentros us. joined us. Radio Paz was uh, there. Yeah, we did a lot of hits with Radio Life Paz. office, of course. Yeah, and uh, but all we, it was it was just everybody's joyful. We got up yep. early every morning, and the kids were all like looked like they were like death when they woke up every morning. But they made it through the day, and they made it back home, and and we're just thrilled. And they're telling the stories right now through the class paint saying, "I'm glad they are." And, we, and I told them that we have to share these stories, and That's hopefully right. we get more to march with us next year from the Archdiocese of Miami. So. Uh, I didn't even get into yesterday's homily, and I don't think I will. Basically, it was just to wrap it up, saying the disciples followed the call. That's right. And they didn't, ask any, trust. They didn't ask any trust. questions. That was my main focus, is they didn't ask any questions. They just, Jesus called them and said, yeah, let's go. I'll follow. So apply that to your life. Um, there's not much more to say. I mean, and we, we, like I said, we're, we're, rendered, we're rendered speeches in that recording, and we're rendered speeches now because... It was such a beautiful event, and if you've never taken part of it, uh, it is the largest. I mean, we're not happy for the reason we're there, but we're happy that we're there, and it's the largest gathering. But of but, the I, but I but I have to say year. again, and it kind of ties in with the with the gospel yesterday. Did we ever think we would see the day in the political, especially in the political climate we're in now, where we would see the end of Roe v. Wade? Nope. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we put our trust in the Lord, and here we are, January twenty third, twenty twenty three. Roe v. Wade is a thing of the past. Right. And we got to keep praying that it continues to be a thing of the past and that abortion becomes, as the Archbishop of San Francisco said, yep. becomes something that is unthinkable. So continue to pray that life may be respected, considered sacred, and be protected from conception to natural death. That is our mission as Catholics to be able to give voice to the voiceless. running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall sentence. of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? Where do we start? It's been a while. Been a while. It's two weeks removed from... No, not even two weeks. A week and two days removed from the end of the Dolphins season. Oh. We made it into the playoffs. Yeah, we did. You know, Barely. You know, we lost so many in a row and then barely beat the Jets on a 9-6. to six, Actually, no, excuse me, 11-6 to because there was a safety at the end. Uh, thriller. Oh, yeah, I was there. You went to that game. I went to right. that game. And How was the atmosphere at that game? It was... It was when, when we clinched for the playoffs. It was fun. There was... Uh, we didn't officially clinch, so Buffalo beat yeah. New England yeah, at home. But it but was, but, I mean, as expected. You know, nothing, nothing over the top, but it was... They were joyful. They were joyful. But one of the people I was there with... Before the game started, said it's going to be a nine to six Dolphins win. Get out! And then when they got the safety, literally oh. as time expired, I go, no! There goes his prediction. Yeah, and, that, <laughs> and a lot of people in Vegas did that, had that same reaction because uh, the Dolphins covered. But uh, it was so. Fast forward a week later, Skyler Thompson is our quarterback in Buffalo, and you think, okay, everybody thinks they're going to get pasted. I thought that was going to be over in. 
It looked like it was going to be over. We're down 17 to nothing. And it it was 17 to nothing. And what we saw Cincinnati do to Buffalo yesterday is what the Dolphins probably would have done to the Bills if they would have had their starting quarterback and starting running back. And their starting, I mean, uh, the list of injured players. No, so many injured players. Extensive. But but I'm just saying quarterback (laughs) and running back because uh, Mostert torched them. In the snow the week before Christmas. And he would have done it again last week. And even with all of that, Skylar Thompson had the ball in his hands in the last, you know, four minutes on a drive that could have taken them to the the next round of the playoffs. Or it would have been paced by Kansas City. That's another story. Who knows? You know, this guy got injured. But that was Jacksonville's defense. But it was, I was proud of this team. I was gonna I was gonna come in and record this. And, you they know, put up a they put a heck they, of a fight. They 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 were it was a proud moment. Yep. Not enough for our defensive coordinator who you know this is difficult for me because I've worked with so many coaches when everybody celebrates when somebody's fired. But you know the defense. Yeah, they had an incredible game uh, against Buffalo in that playoff game and almost and they, they did score a touchdown. Yep. Almost won the won us a game single handedly. And but it wasn't enough to save Josh Boyer's job. Uh, there was something off with the defense the entire year. Yep. There really was. They played well against the Jets, but it's the Jets, and they didn't have a quarterback. They had well, it was a massive drop off from the year prior. Huge, no takeaways. Yep. We had thankfully we had three takeaways against Buffalo, two interceptions, and that's why you know when Buffalo played the Bengals yesterday. See, Joe Burrow doesn't care about going on the road, and Joe Burrow, man, is un, you know except for the Super Bowl. Man is undefeated, has has as many wins for the Bengals as the organization had before he became the quarterback. He has five. The Bengals had five playoff victories before that. So he, that's why, man, I love Tua. I really do. And I believe he's going to come back next year and he's going to light it up again. But, man. And we got him like a special helmet. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Joe Burrow is special. Some extra padding. He's special. (laughs) But that's why the Bills, I think that, a lot of people said that, that they hit an emotional wall with the Hamlin thing. We you know we never discussed the Hamlin thing because no. we were on hiatus, but that was emotional when it happened. Thankfully, he's well. Yep. Caused the nation to pray, yep. and you know they had that run back for a touchdown the first play after the after the the injury mm-hmm. or the cardiac arrest. Yep. Uh, and he was there yesterday, and I think the Bills may have hit that emotional wall. Um, not that they were in concentrated, but you know they couldn't do anything. Yep. And flinging, slinging around the field is not playoff football. You got to run it, and Buffalo has no running game to nope. speak of. So that's uh, that's why they're, you know, at home today and not in the playoffs. So yeah. you go around the league, and we have to talk about the end of uh, the <laughs> the Cowboys. Oh. How about them Cowboys? They wow. listen. They got they got off the Schneid. Won their first playoff game in thirty years. You know, sending Tom Brady hopefully into retirement last week. Congratulations to them last week. And Dak had an amazing game last Monday night. Yep. And that but, was a, a bit of a what? slog, that 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 game. Yeah. Listen, it shouldn't have come down to that play. Dallas had opportunities. Oh, for but sure. But I'll tell you where uh, that uh, that game turned. Troy Pollard got injured. I read this morning that he had a, he, he broke a philia. So he would have been out if they would have advanced. And that and he's a backup to, to Zeke Elliott. And he's a difference maker because he he can do things that Zeke doesn't do. And when he came out, I'm like, ooh, this isn't good for Dallas. And and the offense sputtered after that. Yep. 
they didn't have an answer uh, against a very, very good San Francisco defense. So what Jorge was alluding to, that last play. The last play. All right. Let's draw up a play. <laughs> I mean, that had to be a hook and ladder, clearly. No, but, 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 but if you didn't see the play, it can be described as the annexation of Puerto Rico for your, your little <laughs> Giants fans. <laughs> you know, but a drunk version of it. Okay, because you put your running back as the center. It reminds you of flag football where mm-hmm. everybody's an eligible receiver. But he had to tell, even the referees are like, all right, how do we rule on this? All right, who's el-? They were looking at, all right, who's eligible, who's not eligible? Cause you had, what you had was the offensive linemen right. were off to the sides flanked wide. And the only one in the middle was Zeke Elliott. So what do you think is going to happen? What actually happened? Zeke hikes the ball, gets massacred by the defensive lineman who just blasts him at the line of scrimmage, yeah. causing Zach, uh, sorry, causing Dak Prescott to throw a 10-yard, no, a 9-yard hitch yeah. to who a guy who so gets, fast who, who gets, gets tackled immediately, <laughs> the guy didn't have a chance to lateral it back. <laughs> I have no idea. I would have liked to see how, what is the thought process <sighs> behind this? Because the only thing that comes to mind is a fake punt that the Colts tried to pull off and looks similar to like like yeah. that against the Patriots. Yeah, that they that weren't a, supposed to snap. He, that they that <laughs> didn't that had similar no it didn't it had worse results because at least they got a, a nine yard gain on this <laughs> that goes into Dak's stacks that padded Dak stacks. Oh so, man! It, but that's a typical way of the Cowboys. Yep. So bowing out. So what we have now, thankfully, Bills aren't in it. And we don't have to have the aberration of an AFC title game. No, I don't They're talking about this for the NFC, NFC title game. You know, no. No. People have, 40 years ago today, 40 years ago today, the Dolphins hosted the Jets in the AFC championship game, that slog fest in the, in the muddy orange row. AJ Dewey had three interceptions, ran back. I remember going into the car with my dad and honking horns, you know, because we made it to the Super Bowl for the first time. Your in, capacity for useless in, stats in nine, never ceases. No, I, I I just read this oh, an okay. hour ago. Okay, <laughs> no, but I do know that AJ Dewey had three interceptions, ran one back for a touchdown, and the score was fourteen to nothing. And that Richard Todd was a, was the quarterback for the Jets. That the Jets were one game away for the Super Bowl eighty two is mind boggling. But but the reason why I'm saying that. There's something to be said about home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Absolutely. You have the Super Bowl. That's just be a money grab, but the owners would be against it because the owners would want to host mm-hmm. the, these title games. Because now you have Bengals at Kansas City, the Niners at Philly. Both will be cold games. Both will be competitive games. I really think the Bengals can take Kansas City because I don't know what we're going to get on Mahomes. High ankle sprain. High ankle sprain, yep. And that's and, not... Uh, we almost said it yesterday. That's nothing to play with. Are we officially retiring the Mr. Irrelevant moniker? Brock Purdy, who came in the last, Brock, by the, the way, last pick. NFL, you could thank the Miami Dolphins defense for Brock Purdy being, That's right. you know, put front and center because <laughs> we knocked Jimmy Garoppolo out. He may be back, they said, in some capacity. Do you maybe even, this week or do you even chance to put football. him back? No, of course no. not. This is kind of similar to what somebody made this illusion. When Brady's first yep. year, he came in because of Bledsoe. Bledsoe was available yep. during the playoffs. They kept Brady. Brady was knocked out. This is my useless information. I'm, I'm doing this from memory. <laughs> Brady was knocked out in the AFC Championship game in Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. Or was it Heinz Field already? I don't know. But And then Bledsoe had to come in, and Bledsoe won that game and won the AFC Championship mm-hmm. for the Patriots. And it was Belichick going into the Super Bowl 36 against the Rams, the greatest show on turf, that said, no, Brady will start. And Bledsoe was like, oh. 
And Brady won it. Everybody was like, he's, you know, and the rest is history, the greatest of all time. But, ah, Brock Purdy. He didn't do much yesterday. Oh, but he didn't have to. He keeps winning. Greg Kittle on that touchdown drive oh. that they had made an incredible catch over that the middle. One-handed. It was like he juggle. bobbled it, juggled. It was just amazing. And and then their running game is incredible. This is what Mike McDaniel. And if we could go back just one second, the Dolphins versus the play clock. Oh no, you're gonna go there. <laughs> it, it, I saw it happen all year, and I think. Knowing McDaniel and his attention to detail, it'll be fixed. It'll be fixed. It, if Tua was in there, probably listen. It even happened with Tua, but it probably would have been done better. But that fourth and one yep. should have never happened. It should have never happened. Well, back, back to Purdy. Uh, no, I, I, I think that Philadelphia against that defense, it'll be interesting. But Purdy on the road, he's gone on the road before. He's undefeated. I don't know. And he and he came in, even though it doesn't count as stats, he did beat the Dolphins. Um, so there's that. I think we're gonna get a Philly Cincinnati Super Bowl. I like it. Uh, that'll be an interesting Super Bowl in in, in um, Glendale, Arizona. You know, for all the Dolphin fans that had Super Bowl, you know, tickets and and had had bought their tickets, planes. You know, go watch a good Super Bowl or sell your tickets to somebody from Philly. You'll make good money. <laughs> so on Friday, you came up to me on our trip to Arlington and, and I said scared what? The, and I scared the life out of you. What did, what did you, t- I forget, you say it to me? How you, I, 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 I don't remember you. exactly how I said it, but you ready for this? From the morning, you said from the morning. I go, no, I'm not. Jazz Chisholm, dot, dot, dot. And I left it there. I just let it sit with you for a second. I, I thought <laughs> that in, our, in the brilliance of our front offense that we had traded Jazz Chisholm. Is our new starting center fielder. And it's because we have become... So wonderful at accumulating second, second baseman. Basement. We have we have about seven second basemen to fill in the, the entire infield in a year where no shift is allowed. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, let me tell. But jazz, knowing jazz, I mean the the injury uh, the injury history, playing center field, a little bit of cause for concern. But I think he'll be fun out there. He'll be fun to watch. You know he's gonna he's gonna have fun with it. He's gonna make the most of it. The antics are gonna be fun. He's he's gonna be interacting with the crowds. He's closer to them out in center field. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see the 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 defensive life. I don't see the defensive liability so much as the the injury question. But I th- I think he'll have a good time out there. He's got the athleticism to play the position. That's beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um. And we acquired um, Luis Arais, Arais who is a reigning AL batting champ. Which begs the question, why would a team trade a batting champion? We have, If we cite Gurriel, who apparently we're interested in, oh. Marlins are interested in everybody, yep. but we would have the last two batting titles from the American League. Yeah. But does batting league. average mean anything anymore? It does to me. I'm old school that way. Put the ball in play. I'm old school. Oh. Bat, to me, batting average means something. <laughs> Can't believe we're talking baseball in January. This is fun. <laughs> uh, to me, mat- batting average means something. It means the ball's being put in play. It means it's, that runners yeah, are moving. But, but to managers, does it mean anything anymore? Well, we don't know, We've, Skip, yeah. if what kind of guy he is yet. Organizations have gone so crazy. I know. For, um, ba- for Billy the, Bean started. If you saw Moneyball, it was highlighted there. Billy Bean started, and, and he does have a point. On base percentage is important. Okay, and this you you go back to. I'm pulling out a name from the past year, both the Yankees and Marlins past. Nick Johnson, 
the first baseman. The man knew how to draw walks. Yep. Okay? Getting on base is important. Absolutely. But, but I'm saying, if you get batting average, you know, Hallen Ramirez won a batting title. He was pretty good yep. until he flamed out in Boston. Yep. He was pretty good. Yep. You know, Ted Williams, Tony Gwynn, batting average, worked for them. They're Hall of Famers. Not, not only Hall of Famers, you know, all-time great hitters, top five hitters of all time. Ted Williams, greatest hitter of all time. So worked for them. Yep. So if you're telling me you're getting a guy – when we had, when you saw batting, when you go to the score and you saw the scoreboard in, in, in Lone Depot Park and looked at the batting average, you're like, yeesh. Yep. You know, Jazz for the longest time was still, you know, over 300. And Walker, when you see the, 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 the lineup trying up, Brian De La Cruz needs to have a bounce back here. I uh, hope so. Jesus Sanchez, where's he in all this? Mm-hmm. Because I thought this, come, this guy, this kid was special yep. when I saw him in, yep. in 2020. And sorry, 2020. Beautiful swing. 2021. Um, and, the swag, no, and the swag to go with it. Yeah, When he connects, though. <laughs> I will say, it's uh, the, the lineup, we will not suffer, I hope and I pray, the, as you like to say, the slog fest of, you know, 15, 17, 18 strikeouts a game. <sighs> yeah, we, we've got, we, we may not have the pop that we wanted, but, but we're getting contact guys. But did we have pop in 2003? No. We, I mean, you had uh, you had pop when it mattered, especially in the in the, in the postseason. Yep. You, I mean, you had Mike Glow hit a uh, came off the bench and hit an, a yeah, but, huge home run in Game One of the LCS. How's that for useless <laughs> info against the Cubs? Straight away center, <laughs> I believe it was the top of the tenth. Yeah, but you don't look at Mike Glow and say, "Oh, there's a big bopper." No, no. What What's exciting is putting the ball in play, getting the getting the runners going. You know, and that's that's and we've spoken about this. You know, that baseball has moved to all or nothing. It's either you're striking out or you're hitting a home run. And that, and, is, and it, and that is so No, and they're trying to do away dreadful with it. That's to what watch. they're doing away with the, with the, with the shift. Yep. So what is your lineup right now? You have, you have a rise leading off? That's what I saw someone posted, that they would have a rise first and, and Jazz second. And I don't mind it. You know, Jazz still has a penchant for, for the strikeout. So yeah. if, if we can get if we can get our eyes on base and and let Jazz this is the one that is fun that I share with you on uh, yesterday on Saturday morning. Arise batting first, Chisholm, Avisal Garcia, Jorge Soler. Both, both, if, if both of those remember how to hit, we'll, we'll Garrett be. Cooper, uh, Gene Segura third, Brian De La Cruz at left field. But see, I I go with Jesus Sanchez there. I mean, he started off, he had a miserable year. He was batting yeah. two twenty or something like that. Uh, Wendell is short and Stallings, great defensive catcher. We, we need this guy to swing the bat, yep. and he can. Yep. I, mean, I mean, he's not going to hit. And catchers aren't you. You don't, you don't need your catcher to to hit. You just, you know, like for example, with the Yankees, we had Gary Sanchez for so many years. He could hit, but he was a, a liability behind the plate. Mm-hmm. That's why we got rid of him. I mean, I prefer it not having the liability behind the plate. That could cost you runs. Absolutely, with runners on third. Wow, we just had a good segment on baseball there in the middle go. of January during the height of football season. That's right. Hot stove, there baby. We go. And you know, you know what I am looking forward to? World Baseball Classic. Well, no, but with the rule changes. Yeah. The extra, I think, two inches to the to each bag. <sighs> yeah, man, I'm a I'm a base dealer. I I want to see those guys going. <laughs> we'll see. We, I, I and I think that's gonna have I a huge know. difference on on these guys taking. I mean, how many that, bang bang plays? Not have only seen that on is that the pitcher bases? the pitcher can. Own, we could talk about this more as you get closer. You to can the, only throw over training. three times. I think the third time it's called the ball. 
you know, so we'll see. It's so gonna, now, now you got a cat It's going to be an interesting game, game and people are going to be tuning in to see what happens. But these rule changes are not going to be happening in the World Baseball Classic, which a lot of them are sold out. Puerto Rico yep. and Dominican Republic going you, at it. You'd think they would have instituted in a in the World Baseball Classic. Well, they have pitch counts for because of, you know, spring training and, and all that. But uh, So that's baseball. Uh, As we hit the hour mark here. I'm sorry. Yeah, the the Heat are doing We're well. Good. Had a big, it's had entertaining. A, it's an entertaining it, hour. Yeah, the Heat had a great come from behind win against the Pelicans yesterday at home. Uh, Ashley was upset that she couldn't sell her tickets. She was working all day yesterday. <laughs> she working all day next Sunday too. Um, but the Heat are doing well. Panthers, you know, they got a win the other day, but they're kind of like meandering. They're there. on a little point streak. Yeah, got a little point. We need our hockey there. expert to come in and uh, give us some more. It, hockey experts big on the signings that Inter Miami, as I'm looking at their flag in our studio, has made. And uh, Inter Miami had shrug from me. Yeah, <laughs> he, they signed up play from Lentil. I'll take name. your word for it. Yeah, Campana is is his name. But we had Campana, or Campana resigned or something like that. Okay. And uh, but they've had some good signing. They had a friendly the other day from a team from uh, with a team from uh, Spain. I don't think sp- some some leagues had not started since the World Cup. Uh, we our last episode was the day after the World Cup yep. final. That's how that's how much. Uh, but no, he he was big on he was big on. I'm looking for it here, CJ. Oh yeah, he's here permanently. That's what that's what uh, okay. that's what uh, he was texting me about. But we made some signings uh, earlier in um, in 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 the in the off season that were pretty good. And and let's see, soccer season is coming around. They're starting the Inter Miami Inter Miami starting uh, MLS is starting a little earlier uh, this year. So that's going well. And um, Mark Light Kane's hoop. Uh, we saw it on the plane. Yeah. That Duke, we just had that game, and but they're having trouble getting shots off at, towards the end of the game. We only lost four games, which is good. We're on track to be a five seed in the tournament, yeah. but but we got the shots off in that we last, did. In the last had, four seconds. My like, goodness, they had four shots under one, you know, in yeah. the last minute. But yeah. so the Canes hoop and Canes baseball is just around the corner. Father Andrew's really looking forward to that because he loves hanging out at Mark Light Stadium. I'm I was looking at the schedule and. You know, the parish is conspiring against me to not go to any of these games because every single day they have a game <laughs> during the week, I have something. Either it's confessions or first confessions or, or which that's what we, that's what we do. That's what you signed up for. That's what I signed up for. Anyways. So I think we're caught up in sports. I'm looking forward to next year's dolphin season. I have hope, you know, Tony Romo kept going on and on and on. And this ticked off my, my cousin in Tampa about Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen being the three, the three big, you know, going at it for the yep. next ten years, and, and then he mentioned, oh, you know, Tyler, you know, Lawrence, you know, Trevor Lawrence and mm-hmm. Jacksonville, and congrats to Jacksonville for pulling off that comeback against yep. the Chargers, and you have, and and obviously uh, Herbert's mentioned from Los Angeles, and you have all, and no one mentions Tua, who led the league in passer rating yep. and efficiency, and and was in the MVP conversation until he got injured again, but he's got to stay on the field. Got us in the field, and hopefully he does. And and this season, you know, which was very good, and you know, we made a lot of strides. Oh yeah, but we have no draft picks, and we're over the cap. Yep. So, Chris Greer, figure that out, <laughs> and we got to hire a defensive coordinator. So that's our podcast. With we did good. We did footage from we had we recorded content we did good. on the road look at that we should do that more often we're it was getting, fun we're getting fancy in season five <laughs> it is season five sometime during the <laughs> sometime during the podcast i looked it up when Hori was fine and i and i and i put up five fingers that said you know it's season five so that was our season five premiere my friends continue to pray continue to pray as our lord always wants us to be insistent and and, and persistent in our prayer for 
abortion become unthinkable in our country. That the Catholic Church, all we want to do is love. Love the child, love the mother, love the family. And if we do that, then it will become a thing of the past. So continue praying and continue to trust in Jesus who calls us. When he calls us, he called the disciples yesterday in the gospel, he calls you. And when you call, be just like Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They didn't ask any questions. They just followed him without conditions or reservations. May we trust him and him as well. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.